Welcome back, SPC listeners. Today we're going to follow my first dual cross-country in my training. We'll cover the first leg of this cross-country, from Chandler to Tucson International, in this, episode 22 of the Student Pilot Cast. Chandler Tower, Cherokee 4121 Tango's at Chandler Air Service. We have Sulu, and uh, we'd like a south departure. I'm very excited to bring this episode to you because of how excited I was to start the cross-country phase of my training. As a reminder, the syllabus that Chandler Air Service uses for their Part 141 training calls for most of the cross-countries to be done in Stage 3, and that's what I was in at this point. This includes the shorter dual cross-country, which we're going to be covering in part today, and the longer dual cross-country, which will come later. Then will come my first solo cross-country, then my first dual night cross-country. Interspersed are also a few solo flights practicing previous maneuvers that I've learned and performance takeoffs and landings, etc. Then, after a Stage 3 flight test, I'd be on to Stage 4, which begins with my long solo cross-country. Like I said, I, I was very, very excited for Stage 3 and my first go-somewhere flight. And I'm very excited to finally get to tell all of you about it as well. So let's get started. We were taking one of the Tango Twins for this cross-country, so-called because their tail numbers end in 2-1 Tango and 2-2 Tango. At Chandler Air Service, these are the newest of their fleet of training warriors and are both equipped with GPS units. I mention this because my instructor Larry and I got a high-tech lesson in GPS repair and avionics repair for this flight. If I remember correctly, the GPS in this plane is a Garmin 430, which of course integrates one of the radios into the unit. We'll start here just after engine start as we turn on the avionics. I say one radio because after avionics on, the GPS unit didn't turn on, even though we you know, checked the on-off switch and so on. We would uh, be fine without it, and uh, you know we had the other radio, and we didn't really need a GPS. We were practicing uh, uh, tracking and navigating using VORs and uh, pilotage, so we didn't necessarily need the GPS, but we decided to ask about it. We'll also get the ATIS here in this segment. How do you have me? Yeah, loud and clear. Uh, responder, standby, ground, epinor, so one, one, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you okay. loud and clear. We just so one radio, it. huh? Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, we don't need the GPS, but I'm wondering why it doesn't work. Uh... Unicom in a little bit here. It's 122.95. Yeah. We just asked Audrey if they're aware of the Unicom. The, uh... Yeah, Unicom. I have a cell phone. <laughs> Aircraft calling. Chandler Field. Can you please repeat? Yeah, Audrey, it's uh, Larry at Duotango. Uh, just wondering if you're aware that the uh, GPS isn't working at Duotango. 
You know, the GPS has been doing weird stuff. The guys say if you, like, kind of, like, move it around a little bit, then sometimes it comes back on, like it's got a loose wire or something. Okay. That's exactly what we just did. Give it a little bit and it's working. Thanks. Okay. Sorry. Have a good flight. Yeah, thanks a lot. I wouldn't rely on this too much. You've got to be kidding me. I, all I had to do was tap it. <laughs> well, I, I had to grab it and kind of move it back Here, and forth. Yeah, yeah, board. we can leave that out. We're going to use this anyway, so okay, sorry about that. Here, it. I can put it on my clipboard. Oh, okay. Stick it right here. I'll get you going here since I... All right. I'll let you do that. 2832. Well, it's good to have that advice. I, I wouldn't have thought to, to smack it one. Uh, general Ranger rule of repair. Ranger Quebec 1448 Zulu, wind 050 at 4. Temperature 28, dew point 7, altimeter 29 or 85. Visual approach in use, landing and departing, runways 4, left and right. Notice the airmen, multiple obstructions in the vicinity of Chandler Airport, up to 310 feet AGL. All departing aircraft advise ground control of direction of flight. Use caution for bird activity in the vicinity of Chandler Airport. Advise on initial contact, yep, Quebec. So there you go, budding avionics repairman. I got it working by grabbing it and moving it back and forth, and voila, it started working. Since Chandler Air Service mans the Unicom for Chandler Municipal, that that was the easiest way to ask Audrey in the office about it. So we were ready to taxi. I got a chance to impress my instructor with my preparedness, and then I promptly stumbled all over myself with my ground call, of all things. This was the first time I was actually going somewhere, so I got a little hung up on how much information to give to the ground con- controller about my departure. So here we go. Take a listen. What I did not grab is an airport facility directory, and I forgot to ask you if we had pattern altitude for Tucson. Uh, I do. Okay. I have an AFD, and okay, I also good. have pattern altitude written down here. Okay, excellent. And generally speaking, it's going to be about 1,000 feet. There's a couple times I've gone someplace and neglected to write it down, and uh, generally at least Make it a thousand feet over the field. If yeah, um, I got it right here. Three, four, four, one, four, one, two, one. Takeoffs at Chandler Air Service. Uh, we would like to depart uh, to the southwest uh, and intercept Victor 16 Airway to Tucson, uh, and we have Quebec. Four, four, one, two, one. Tango, Chandler Ground Taxi Tramway Four Left via Taxiway Alpha and Delta. Taxi to four left via Alpha Delta Cherokee two one Tango. So we started taxiing out, and every day we go right by the restaurant that's on the field right there by Chandler Air Service's ramp. Today there was a young child with his parents who was standing at the taxi barrier just outside the the restaurant, watching the airplanes move around the field and take off and land. You've all likely seen this scene before. Larry reached across me and and made a point of waving to the child, and we promptly got an enthusiastic wave right back, and not just from the child, but the parents too. Larry then explained that when he was a little boy and his uncle was in the Air Force, he was taken to see the airplanes at at an Air Force base, and a T-33 pilot, as he was taxiing, waved at him, and he never, ever forgot it. Man, I love aviation, and in particular, aviators. After the run-up, we were ready to make the 85 nautical miles or so to uh, Tucson International, which is a Class Charlie airport. We would intercept Victor 16 and follow that first outbound from the Phoenix VOR, make a turn around Eloy, where there's almost constant parachute activity, and head inbound to the Tucson VOR and Tucson International. 
It would take under an hour and would be my first time leaving the Phoenix Valley. We'll pick it up here after switching to tower frequency. Remember, it was the middle of June now and getting very hot in Phoenix. I cut out most of the waiting, but it was pretty busy this day, and we actually held short for quite a while, roasting in the cockpit. Bonanza 09 or Sierra number 2, follow the other Bonanza, turning right base, or correction, turning left base, runway 4 left, cleared touch and go number 2, after completion touch and go, fly runway heading. Bonanza 5609, sir, runway 4 left, clear touch and go as number 2, after touch and go, fly runway heading. Do a normal takeoff? Yeah. Okay. Chandler Tower, uh, Cherokee 4121, Tango is ready at uh, 4 left. Cherokee 4121, Tango, Chandler Tower, hold short of the runway. Holding short of the runway, 21 Tango. Cub 712, number 3, continue downwind, follow a bonanza, head to the left, approximately 2 miles. So they want to look at the Cub 712, the banana is directly ahead. Uh, continue down and I'll call your base for a Cherokee to part ahead of you. Roger 712, we're still looking. Bonanza 09 or Sierra, Squawk VFR. Bonanza 09 or Sierra, Sierra, Squawk VFR. Uh, 712, if we can have that traffic inside. Cub 712, Roger. Anybody else? No, I think that's information, Romeo Kern, altimeter 2985, wind variable at 4. About well, ready, I think I'll go ahead. Bonanza 09 or Sierra, frequency change approved. Bonanza 09 or Sierra, frequency change approved. Cherokee 2 and Tango, runway 4, left clear for takeoff. Would you like a left or right downward departure? Uh, right downward departure would be fine. Cherokee 2 and Tango, roger, fly runway heading. Flight runway heading, uh, cleared for takeoff on 4 left, Cherokee 2, 1 Tango. Bonanza 1, 2 Tango, traffic Cherokee departing ahead of you, runway 4 left, cleared to land. Yeah, I already wrote it down for us, uh, departure time, 8.50 local. So when we activate our flight plan. Bonanza 1, 2, this next one will be a full stop. We get a short approach, please. Cub 712, short approach approved, number 2, follow a Bonanza, turning a 1 to 2 mile left base, runway 4 left, cleared to land number 2. Land number 2, he's inside, number uh, 4, 6, 2, 7, 1, 2. Cherokee 2, right turn approved. Right turn approved, 2, Untango. So Larry went over a few things with, with me on getting on course, and when everything was looking good, he helped me contact FSS for the first time which in our area is Prescott Radio. Larry immediately starts instructing me on tips for cross-country flying and so on, most of which was, was all new to me since up to this point I'd pretty much been a pattern and practice area rat. Four left or we got to take you out of the airplane. Report two miles up. We're going to contact Prescott Radio. So okay. when you're ready, it's Prescott Radio, 412 and When they answer, all you have to tell them is we activate our flight plan as of uh, 8.50 local time or... Uh, 15.50. Uh, 15.50 Zulu, I'm sorry. Okay. Prescott Radio, Cherokee 4121 If they don't answer on that... Try on 122.2 here. Try that again if you'd like. Prescott Radio, Cherokee 4121 Tango, over. Cherokee 4121 Tango, Prescott Radio, go ahead. 
Uh, we'd like to activate our flight plan as a 1550 Zulu. Roger, November 21 Tango, uh, flight plan is activated, and uh, you have a good flight. Uh, thank you for your help. 21 Tango. Okay, now what you do is you get that map out oriented to north. Like that, like you mean? that, right? We're passing the Santans here to our left. See the little town up here, the town of Sacaton. You want to see where that's at on the chart? See, we just departed here. Santans on the left. It's a little hard when you're upside down. Oh, yeah, Sacaton. You know, if you have to occasionally flip it. Not only use, you're not only going to use things that are close to you like this, but I mean, you can see a long way off. If you look way out off the nose out there, it's see the peak. You see Picacho Peak out yep. there. So again, you start correlating what you're seeing. And Picacho Peak's going to go to our left, correct? I believe so. If we look at our course line, we should pass a little bit to the right of it. That's correct. So again, you, oh, we're okay. flying this this VOR heading. If it doesn't take us exactly where we want to be, we'll modify that. To... Yeah, because again, we don't want to. I don't want to go to the east of Eli because of parachute activity. So if this was taking me over there. And again, this is all exercise in looking outside the airplane, setting up the heading. If the heading that you figured is a little bit off, obviously you're going to modify that. You're just not going to follow that blindly because that's what you set up because maybe right. things are a little bit different than, than what they told us. And uh, again, you, you see the town out here. Start, you know, getting used to, you know, how far away is that now? And how far away, how far away is it when you look here on the chart and figure right, right where you're at? Um, it's a little hazy. But if you take a moment, Again, it's like I told you how I look for airports. Um, if you know about where you're at and you look out there and say, okay, I know an airport's there to my right, um, I think about which way the runway runs in relation to my flight path so I can kind of look for a strip of pavement that runs in the direction I expect it to run, hangars, things like that. Now, sometimes you won't be able to see this far. Obviously, we got we, uh, nothing wrong with looking out the distance and using yep. the Picacho Peak. By the way, I got traffic out here about 10 o'clock. Our altitude looks like he's yep. quite a ways out. A couple miles. You got the I 10 out here. Again, yep. look at the, where that's out on the chart. Yep. Out here. And according to the way we should I'm cross here, it about Casagrande. If we're right out here and we're passing the Santans and coming up to Sacaton, how far should we be from that freeway? Looks to me like we're about four miles. Yep. And again, thinking ahead of the airplane again here. Next frequency we want to monitor is Casagrande. They have parachute activity there, so if you want to put 122.7 on. 122.7. And they told us parachute activity on a certain radial off the Stanfield VOR, so many miles. If you're out over here, over the uh, the mountains here, you should be okay. But again, that's we're just going to start monitoring those frequencies. Let's put it on COM1 here if we got it. They'll, they'll make some announcements, too, if they have parachute activity. But Okay, so there I was doing a flight to somewhere. I was still very excited. Let me digress for a minute. Since I've completed my training, I've learned about something called scenario-based training, which is uh, starting to catch on with, a, with some flight schools and, and some instructors. Essentially, if you're not familiar with it, it's, it's simply a philosophy for training that uses cross-country flights and missions or mission-based training as the platform or backdrop for most of the training. In contrast to what I did, instead of doing only touch-and-goes and high air work and, and then adding cross-countries at, at some point later on, this different method of instruction would, would have some of your first flights actually going somewhere and doing some of the other work along the way. It's basically a, a train-like-you'll-fly philosophy. 
I think this would be an interesting approach. I don't have firsthand experience learning this way, as I was taught using the more traditional you know, methods and syllabus, but I think it may help some people keep interest in training who might otherwise quit. I'm not sure, but throughout my training, I was so looking forward to the cross countries that I think it could help some people stay interested and stick with it. I was sticking with it no matter what, though, so I'm sure that I, the way I trained will work out just fine for me. So let's get back to this flight. It was fairly uneventful once we got underway, as most cross countries seem, uh, seem to be. Larry continued teaching almost the whole way. He taught me about the finer points of tuning the mixture and, and about staying ahead of the airplane, about navigating, about monitoring for skydiving traffic, etc. Everything was pretty routine, as it turns out, until we started descending into the Tucson area, and I was in uncharted territory, so to speak. I'd never done this before. Landing at a busy scheduled airline-type airport, landing in a Class Charlie airspace, going to different cities, and landing in an area I wasn't familiar with. And, you know, it was good stuff, but it was, it was all new to me. So we're passing Picachu Peak, and uh, this, is a, this is a very easily identifiable landmark that shoots out of the desert floor. Uh, Larry starts to go over what I'm to expect coming up. And remember, this is you know new to me, so it sounds basic now looking back, but at the time there was a lot of learning going on here. By the way, I'll try to remember to include a picture of Picachu Peak in the, uh, in the show notes that I've taken from one of my now fairly frequent trips down to Tucson. It really is quite beautiful. Let's get on with the flight, though. During this segment, the, the runway we're looking for is Pinal Airport, which incidentally is a common storage facility for unused airliners out here in the desert or, or other airplanes that, that are being mothballed or put on hold, so to speak. Got you a peek beyond that, you'll see that. We'll fly right over, which one is that? Uh, Pinal. Pinal, okay. Now again, whether you make a, uh, what you want to accomplish here is uh, staying ahead of the airplane and listening to ATIS when you should, uh, monitoring. So should we go to 12305, which is their... Yeah, now if you wanted to monitor Pinel, yeah, the next one we monitor is that. And again, if you make a little mark on your chart or somewhere on there to remind yourself when we get to Pinel, let's go ahead and pick up ATIS for Tucson. Okay. Find out what runways they're using, get the designator. Then just beyond that, you're going to reach Marana, and uh, that's when you're going to call Tucson Approach. So prior to getting, we're going to get the ATIS, then we'll rehearse a little bit what you're going to tell Tucson. Not traffic, we should be pretty much lined up with the runway, so yeah, we got and it's. I'm fortunate enough to have seen it before, so I know where it's at. And it's and just past it. the peak, right? Yeah, just past the peak. So I think I see it out there. Yeah, you look for some buildings. Uh, like I said, this far out, look, think about which way that runway runs in relation to your course, so you can look for a patch of ground there. I don't see buildings, but I see a patch of ground that looks like it could do be you? a runway. Because I see some buildings. You do. Yeah, right off your nose. About halfway between the horizon and where the nose is at, I see some buildings out there. That's that's the uh, airport. Okay. Right in there, like I said, if you put a, put a little mark on the chart, eh, let's listen to ATIS when we get fairly close to that. Go ahead and get that information. Teleport setting up for a one-two takeoff. Let's have a departure for now. All right. Let me see where we're at here. Orient this. And here they've had parachute activity here before, and. Uh, there's times I've gone through here and didn't get a note of about parachute activity, so it's when in doubt it's best to bear to the east of uh, Pinell Air Park here because they they jump on the uh, west side of the airport over here. But again, another good reason to monitor that traffic. Number one is uh, turning right for a final uh, runway. 
One, two. And we're about to set bombs up. Now traffic, Shadow 29, OH58 is on the go. One, two, take off, left downwind departure. Now traffic, Shadow 44 oh, is gotcha. left downwind, one, two, ten. But it's quite a bit beyond. see it now. I can start to see, I see the runway now. The runway's difficult to see. A little to the left of your nose. I'll put it right on your nose. Clear the, clear the traffic pattern to the north. I see it. Yep. Okay. There's some traffic out here, so I'm going to go ahead and stick a landing light on the approach. Now, just beyond that, and it's very difficult to see in the distance, will be uh, Morana. Can we use here because there's a out over here to the east? I mean, sorry, to the west. Glider port is a glider port, and you'll see that as you get a little closer to you. That's something you can look for. Again, when you're you try to identify it, somebody says, What's that airport is that? And you can say it's that one right there. Well, they're gonna say, How do you know it's that airport? Well, because there's okay, a freeway running right to the there. east of it, and there it is. There's a sail port to the west of it, there that is. And it's right on this VOR. It's on this VOR. It's so many miles southwest of Picacho Peak. And so, again, you're correlating what you're, if somebody said to you, how do you know that's that on the chart, you pick several things out in the area, correlate it to the chart again, and say, okay, that's, that's all I can prove to you. That's where we're at. Okay. After passing overhead of Pinal, Larry had me start tuning the radios and getting ready and, and get the Tucson ATIS. When Larry mentions Davis Monthan, what he's talking about is an Air Force base that's very close to Tucson International. That's not where we're headed. We're going to the west of that. Let's go ahead and put on COM2 here. Let's go ahead and put ATIS. Okay. Let me just look that up real quick. Just to think ahead that it's for Tucson, we'll pick up that and we'll put in standby on that. We'll put uh, Phoenix, I mean, sorry, Tucson approach. So we'll already have that ready to go once we pass everything out here. I'm going to go ahead and try and listen for it? Or? Yeah, go, let's go ahead and monitor that. Approach 119.4 from the east and south, 125.1. The practice area is 125.9. All vehicle departures, contact last week, 126.65. Last location on the airport, on course heading, requested altitude. On initial contact, you'll have information, hotel. Tucson Airport Information Hotel, automated weather observation, 15530. Visibility greater than one zero, sky clear below one two thousand. Temperature three three, check density altitude, two point minus one, optimist two nine nine nine. As you approach your runway, one more left and right in use. Notice airman, a one hundred foot crane, one mile northeast of runway two one threshold. A one hundred foot crane, eight hundred feet northwest, runway two one threshold. PR checkpoint, out of service. Runway two one barrier, departure and barrier. We have this this frequency on uh, Pinal Air Park. We could have put uh, ATIS down here and just monitored by the monitor sure. pushing that if you right. wanted to. Right. Just an option there if you want to stay on that frequency. So we know they're using one one left, one one right, one nineteen point four. Again, if you'd like, I'd put one nineteen point four on uh, standby and comp two, so you're ready to talk to them. Oh, on comp two. No, either way. You just want it in standby somewhere because that's the next people we're going to talk to. So this is the we'll, easiest one to change. Yeah, we'll just put it on 119.4. Yep. After we talk to them while we're in route, you're going to want to have... Put out traffic, gunfighter 5-5 five five at Silverbell, taking off Bravo pad, 2-0 departure, immediate right turnout. What we're going to do is have Tucson Tower and Tucson Ground down here. Because initially okay. you're going to talk to them when we get a little closer. 
follow their directions. They'll, again, they're going to give us a squat code, maybe have us ident, then we're just going to follow their directions. When you get close enough, they're going to switch you to Tucson Tower. Do you towers. know which Tucson Tower? Uh, we have 118.3 or 119.0? I think it's 118.3. Okay. Again, that chart, I think that's, I'll have to look at your chart, but uh, from memory, that's the one coming from this direction that they've used. Believe me, if you're wrong, they'll tell you to switch to the other one, so we'll keep that in mind. But okay. 118.3. Ground is the same as Chandler. Yeah, 144. So we have all the frequencies we need. Now we went just went over Pinnell Air Park. Here comes Morana. Yep, see it? We're actually supposed to pass a little to the right of Morana. Okay, and actually it's a little hazy. On a clear day, you can see Davis Moffin to the left. Okay. So I tell people, you coming down here, you get confused. Don't land at the big airport on the left. Land at yeah. the big airport on the right. Uh, Davis Moffin's to the left, and, you, and you're heading probably right straight for, and according to our course here, we're heading right, right straight. Right for Tucson. Uh, right for Tucson. Yeah. So it's a good first cross country. I mean, you've got a lot of, and, and again, if you're flying this on your own, why not use the, a route where you have a freeway? No with using yeah. the freeway. I mean, Generally, going to pick the most direct route. Obviously, if you if if that allows you to, you know, you might not be able to do that all the time. Right. You, know, you have to go around airspace or high terrain or whatever. But yeah, you can see it's kind of an exercise of thinking ahead, getting things set up. We get a little farther down here. We could we could monitor them if we wanted. Uh, let's see what is Morana. Let's go ahead and put that on for a moment. Uh, Morana, I have is one two three point zero. Oh, okay. Put one, two, three, point zero on there. Okay. Now we got everything on we need. We're gonna we're monitoring Morana. We have approach. Tucson approach, uh, Tucson tower, and Tucson ground. Again, you can rehearse it to yourself. You don't have to say it to me. But uh, what you're gonna say when you get within that 20 mile range is, is uh, Tucson approach, Cherokee 4121 Tango, over Morana or 20 miles out uh, to the northwest, uh, landing Tucson. Tucson, we're at 5,500 feet. Doesn't sound too difficult. No, it isn't. Just be ready because they're going to give you a squat code, maybe yeah. some directions. That's the one, the most immediate thing you're going to want to be ready to write down. And we'll follow their directions the rest of the way in. Actually, let's uh, put that. I don't hear anybody talking here at uh, Morana. We get a little closer. We're going to switch so you can start listening. Listening to, them. to approach. Yeah, I haven't heard any conversation on the uh, frequency for Morana. Let's go ahead and switch. Last time I went down, unfortunately, I, I went down uh, not too long ago, maybe a week ago, with one of the other students, and uh, the radar service was out, the radar was out of service. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was basically like going into Delta airspace. Unfortunately, it was easy, but. Turkey five nine zero five zero kilo Tucson approach. Are you on? Okay, so he had me switch over to Tucson approach, as you heard, to start monitoring it. We'll pick it up there. Pay close attention to my initial call. Even after discussing it quite a bit with Larry, I still blew it. Oh, well, live and learn. Uh, you can begin to see the city, and actually you can see a little to the left of those. You see a patch of ground out there that looks a little bit lighter. Off the left of the nose, that's Davis Mothin. Yeah, just see it out there. Oh, yeah. Davis yep. Mothin, if you look to the right, right, or right off our nose, you see a little patch of brown out there. That's Tucson right there, Tucson International. How high are these peaks? Are Tucson is talking 346 Papa Charlie, 9,000, to 14,000, turning to heading 300. Yeah, it looks like it goes to 4687. Yeah, that's probably the ones to the right, so you're okay right here. 
one, Tucson International, one o'clock, ten miles. Okay, really. Let's see where are we at here. Just about Marana. Nice big open pit mine there. Yep. Circle one, Tucson, two o'clock, nine miles. All right, we good. Anytime you're ready, and they're Circle not one, talking. Circle one, clear visual pressure, initial runway, one more left, contact Tosia. I uh, just do a cold call first and yeah, let me answer. I can get the whole thing. I say Tucson approach. Okay. We're at 416. You can say over Marana, 5,500 5, feet, landing Tucson. Phoenix approach, Cherokee 4121 Tango's over Marana, 5,500 feet, inbound for Tucson. What? Really? Did, did I just say Phoenix approach? Yep, I did. Crap. All right. Here we go. Approach. Tango. This is Tucson approach. Twelve zero four three three. Zero four. Sorry about that. Zero four four three. What? Really? Did I just say zero four four three? Yep, I did. Crap. All right. Let's hear that again with the correction coming from the controller. Zero four. Sorry about that. Zero four four three for Tucson approach. This is two one Tango. Zero four three three. Zero four three three. That's zero four three three two one tango. Okay, I'll let you put that on there. That's okay. You're used to saying Phoenix approach. Yeah. No big deal. They corrected you. Yeah. You told them you're landing Tucson. I'm just when I say landing Tucson, I'm just letting letting them know I'm landing. You know. Take a two one tango with a contact a half mile south of Morana or Tucson Morana. Make straight and approach runway one one right. Back straight at per one one right two one tango. Okay, so Tucson has a few runways, but the main ones are are par- parallel one ones right and left, and of course they're reciprocals. One one right, which is where I was being sent to, is smaller, skinnier, and generally used for GA traffic. One one left is huge, closer to the terminals, and generally used for scheduled airlines and a lot of military traffic like C one thirties, F fifteens, F sixteens, etc. So we just continued descending and setting up for 1-1 right. I started to realize that I had never done a straight-in long approach like this before, so I kind of had to wing it, pun intended, and got some tips from Larry, of course. A few minutes later, I realized that because I hadn't done an approach like this before, I really didn't know when to start descending, so I asked. He gave me a quick lesson on how to gauge your descent and where I might start descending and so on. There was a lot of radio traffic over us while while we were talking, so I'm not including all of that here, but it was pretty straightforward. I had the field clearly in sight now and could see the big left runway, but not my runway. But knowing that the big one was on the left, I just moved over to the right of it and expected to start to see the smaller one, which I eventually did. I was just slowly descending and watching the field details start to become clearer and clearer as we got closer. We'll pick it up there. Now you can see when you get beyond these hills, you'll start to see that runway, and now when we get a little bit closer, I'd go ahead and start a cruise descent. Right about now? Hold off just a little bit here. Do you see the other runway to the right? It's I do. It's a little bit harder to yeah, see. Yeah, it's, it's lighter. Yep. Cherokee 2-1 Tango, do you prefer runway 1-1 left or 1-1 right? No, 1-1 left. If we can get 1-1 uh, left would be fine if we can get it. 2-1 Tango. Right. Cherokee 2-1 Tango, I'll make the straight approach runway 1-1 left. Contact Tower, 118.3, we'll see. Contact Tower, 
118.3, and we're making straight in for 11 left, Cherokee 21 Tango. Thanks for your help. Okay, over to COM 2. Cool. Now I got switched over to the big runway. Everyone knows it's cooler to land on the left with the big boys. Let's continue. I'll, I'll let it run on to short final. Just to make your trans, I'll make sure to tell you. No, we left. We haven't changed it. 0413. When you came in, you were tagged up as 08 Foxtrot. Now you're tagged up as Baron 1 Mike November. So something's wrong there. Cessna 68 Echo, turn left next taxiway. Hold short of 11 left. Remain this frequency. Alpha one three hold short one one left. Uh, be advised, I need to go pick up my friend. Here's where I push the nose down and just keep that. Tucson Tower, Cherokee four one two one Tango is uh, with you for eleven left, uh, fifty five hundred feet. And then fourteen sixty six runway one one left, clear land. Thank you. Going on fourteen sixty six. Let's try them again here. Just tell them. Tucson Tower, Cherokee 4121 Tango is with you, 5,500 feet for 11 left. Now here you can see you're going to have to start a descent here. So we'll start a cruise descent right there. And we'll one Tango, Roger, continue. Welcome to one Tango. Challenger zero equals here, runway uh, one one left, position hold, traffic, King Air. Now, when you do get closer, we will have to start to slow Roger. down. But uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with picking up a little extra speed here. Yeah, we were just we were getting up to the yeah. maneuvering speed. Yeah, that's okay. And it's nothing wrong with picking up a little extra speed to get uh, to get where you're going. Continental fourteen sixty six, turn left next taxiway and contact ground. Might as well turn that altitude into speed, one, right? Right, yep. and stay with me. Make 180, hold short one, one. Then we get a little bit closer, we do a pre-landing checklist. One, one, right. Or anywhere from here on in. Okay, I'm going to turn the fuel pump on. Switch tanks. Go full rich? Yep, go ahead. Well, let's see. Yeah, I go ahead and go to full rich. We're going to be below 3,000 here. Now you're going to have to keep that descent going. Now you can kind of, like I said, as you get a little closer, your senses kick in and like they do back at Chandler, you know, the place you're used to landing at. Start using your sense of distance. Continental, say, okay. Okay. Challenger, Challenger, zero echo, Sierra, runway one one left, light and one two zero, clear for takeoff. Roger, heading one two zero, clear for takeoff, echo. Hunter one, Roger, hold short. Uh, we'll one. pull back that part just a little bit because you're right, we're getting a little bit past there. Cessna zero two, Foxtrot, turn left, next taxiway, hold short of runway one one left, remain on this frequency. Turn left, uh, taxiway Alpha 11, hold short of runway 11 left, 025 Extra. Distance 6-8 Echo, turn right on runway 11 right, and back taxi to Alpha 8. Then turn left on Alpha 8 and hold short of 11 right after you are exit. Alright, turn right on 11 right, left on Alpha 8, and then hold short 11 right, 68 Echo. Now we're coming up to pattern altitude, so from here on in, I got one red in the Vassy, right? Okay, that's what I see. So you start slowing it up. Yeah, right from here on in, you can see the pappies. Just let's use pappy, those. Yeah. on Tower X-ray Bravo Alpha Quebec Echo holding short one one left. Doesn't talk this pretty strong. X-ray Bravo Alpha Quebec Echo Roger. Time to get my landing light. Hopefully, up there is to land here. We get closer if he does. Zero Echo Sierra, and you just start rolling. Clear for the media takeoff. On the roll, Echo Sierra. 
Don't worry, I'm going down fast. Tango runway 11 left, clear to land, caution, white turbines, parting uh, Challenger. Oh. Clear to land, 21 Tango, uh, 11 left. Okay, very good. Uh, so Challenger taking off, let's see where he rotates. We're going to land well before his... Right. So... Cessna 02 Foxtrot without delay, cross runway 11 left, contact ground on the other side. Good Okay, a couple of things. First, I thought it was pretty funny that the controller was getting on that Challenger pilot to get the heck out of Dodge. He's definitely used to handling bigger airplanes than me. I was moving so slowly compared to everyone else operating on that runway that there was plenty of separation between us. I wouldn't be down for another two or three minutes. But on his scope, I'm sure it seemed closer based on the speeds he's more used to. The second thing to note here is that Larry talked about this being just like Chandler now, you know, starting to become familiar. Well, I knew what he was saying, but as I got closer... I realized how different this sight picture would be. Okay, I've landed on a giant runway before, but it was at night. Listen to episode 20 for info on that one. Now I could clearly see the runway and, and everything around it, and let me tell you, it was nothing like Chandler. It was more than twice as wide and about twice as long. I was surprised at how slow I, I appeared to be going You know, from, from my vantage point. I guess big runways do that. I had to keep checking my airspeed indicator because it, it really seemed like I was just on the verge of stalling every minute. And I was actually coming in a little bit faster than normal, but that huge runway just made it seem like I was barely moving. All right, and another thing to listen to in the next segment, F-16s. Yep, holding short of my runway was an F-16, and behind him, a Southwest Airlines 737. I really felt like I was puttering in, man, with a with an F-16 waiting for me. I swear I could almost hear his fingers tapping on the stick in the cockpit and, and hear him muttering something like, come on, come on. Meanwhile, the controller is telling the C-130 traffic behind me to maintain slowest practical. I was sandwiched in here. Okay, here's the landing. Red to white. Roger. Feels like you got a little bit of crosswind, doesn't it? Just a tad. Right to left. Crew 77, roger. Continue. Crew 77, there'll be F-16s in position. F-16s there. Don't want to track. Crew 77, maintain slowest practical speed. I just go ahead and reduce that power now. You're going to make the runway. Extreme We're a little Bravo, bit fast, so just Alpha, just, Quebec, Echo, Tucson. At this point, I just go ahead and leave I'm going to have right to change there. the runway, cross runway. 1-1 one, one left, runway 1-1 one, one right. And it feels like we're crawling. That's because it's uh, a big, wide runway. Uh, we'll cross 1-1 <laughs> one, one yeah. left and hold short, nice and uh, hold on runway 1-1 one, one right. Hunter 1, cross runway 2-1, runway 1-1 one, one left, position hold, traffic C-135, okay. mile okay. Okay. let's go ahead and... And Turkey 2-1 Tango, turn left, next tag, swing, contact ground. We'll turn left to contact ground, Turkey 2-1 Tango. Very good. What I was trying to think of as we were going in there, and I didn't want to talk about it, talk too much because we were yeah. on it. Let's wait till we clear the runway here. Let's get off the runway up here. Oh, yeah. That's a long hold short line, isn't it? There is. And we're going to the main transient ramp. So, Tucson ground. 
off at uh, Alpha 7. Tucson Ground, Cherokee 4121 Tango is off of Alpha 7. Uh, we'd like to taxi to transient parking. Uh, 4121 Tango, roger. Turn uh, left at Alpha behind the Cessna and taxi base at Tower. You can call all the FBOs once you reach there on 12295. And if you want to go somewhere else, let me know. Uh, we'll do. We'll follow the Cessna on taxiway Alpha to the ramp. 21 Tango. This is 02 Foxtrot. You can use the inner ramp. Well, we taxied into the executive terminal, shut her down, and my first cross-country was over. I had landed on a giant runway with an F-16 waiting for me and a C-130 bearing down on me from behind. I was in heaven. I was proud to have completed this, and I was looking forward to the trip home, which, of course, I'll cover in the next episode. Larry and I spent a short amount of time in the terminal, checking winds, drinking water, relaxing in the cool air-conditioned air, And I just kept thinking to myself, I'm really going to be a pilot, and I'm going to be able to go anywhere I want to go. Just to keep you apprised of of where I was in my training to this point, here's some stats. After this flight, and including its return flight home later that day, I would have 35.9 hours under my belt, 58 full-stop landings, and 80 touch-and-goes. 4.1 of those hours were solo, and now... I had 2.3 hours cross-country. So that'll do it for this episode, I think. As usual, you can follow me on Twitter using the name Bill Will. That's B-I-L-L-W-I-L. And also feel free to email me at bill at studentpilotcast.com with feedback, questions, comments, etc. Alternatively, you can also contact me through the website, www.studentpilotcast.com, by clicking on the contact link near the top. Oh, and I want to mention something else really quick. My most frequently asked question, by far, has to do with how to record both audio and video in the cockpit. I've responded to a lot of you about this. Some of you I I may have um, not responded very detailed at this point, but I keep meaning to do this. I just haven't got around to it yet. But I promise you all that I will do a video episode soon that will cover and go over this exact thing. I want to answer this question right once and for all, but I just haven't had a chance to put it all together yet, so please bear with me. Thanks again for listening. I really appreciate all the feedback that I get, and I love sharing my training with all of you listeners out there. I'll be back soon with the return flight. For now, though, I want to end with one final thought. I've been back to Tucson a few more times since that flight at least a couple of them with some good friends of mine for various reasons, including college football. That old airport near the Mexico border in that old west town of Tucson will always hold a very, very special place in my heart. I think it's pretty obvious why, especially to all you pilots out there. You'll certainly understand. After all, it was my first real destination as a pilot.
The music for today's episode is To Be an Angel by the Canadian band Uncle Seth. You can get more information and subscribe to the Student Pilot Cast using iTunes, Zune, or any other podcast aggregator at www.studentpilotcast.com. Remember, any instruction that you hear in this podcast was meant for me and me alone in the situation that we were in at the time. Please do not try to apply anything you see or hear in this episode or any other episode to your own flying. If you have questions about any aspect of your flying, please consult a qualified CFI.